0: Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Anybody happy to be in the house of God this Sunday morning? Amen. Any Anybody Anybody tired this morning? Amen. Amen. I mean, I'm feeling tired this morning. Praise God. Um, tonight, tonight, my, my family and I will be going, we'll be taking our, our, our little family vacation to, uh, to Mexico, to Cancun. We'll be, we'll be meeting up about a hundred families that are over there right now from this church. And that's why we're looking a little bit, a little bit, uh, slimmer this morning. Um, but, but, um, I told them I'm, I'm a real Christian. I'm I'm gonna be at church on, on, on Sunday. (laughs) Um, no, but praise God we'll be out there and we'll just be there for, for, uh, for a few days. And, um, you were, we're hoping to, to get some some rest, amen? Rest is good, amen? And if you didn't hear last, me, uh, last Sunday's message, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it on the podcast. It's called Sabbath, the importance of Sabbath, amen? It's very, very important uh, just to be able to slow down and rest and be with God, not so much always doing things for God. Sometimes he just wants you to be with him, amen? And we forget to do that sometimes. We forget to do that, um, and this morning, I, I have a word that I want to share with you out of the book of Judges. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Judges, chapter sixteen, verses four through twenty-two. And if you would just stand with me, and we're gonna we're gonna read. It's not too long. Judges sixteen four through twenty-two. We're not gonna read the whole thing right now. We'll read four through uh, through six. If you have it, say Amen. Amen. Praise God. It says this, it says, after this, speaking of Samson, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, seduce him and see where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to humble him. And we will give you each... Uh, We will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. Amen. Hold your place there, but we'll, we'll stop there for a second. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word that you've spoken over your servant this morning. I, pr- I pray, my God, that, that I just be your messenger, Father. I pray that you deliver it, Holy Spirit. I pray that you be on my lips, my God. And I pray that you be on our hearts, my God, that we may open up our hearts, that we may open up our minds, that we may give you your, your word, the attention that it deserves this morning, Father God. And I pray that you do a, a, a healing work, a restorative work in somebody's life here this morning. In Jesus' name, and we said, amen, amen. 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 All right. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, my, 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 my sermons for the past couple of weeks have been a little bit more on the practical side, because I think I think we need to we need to focus sometimes we need to focus on the practical side because we we live our lives as Christians and sometimes you know we 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 know what it means to be a Christian we know what it means to to be a spirit filled but but sometimes like how does that look like in real life in real life application so um this word this morning I want to focus on testimony your testimony my testimony I've entitled the message my testimony your testimony is a very very important thing It's your spiritual reputation, your testimony, right? It's what testifies to the world something about you. And now you might ask, well, why should I even care what people think about me, right? Only God can judge me. You can't please everybody anyways, right? So why is testimony so important? It's important because your testimony is what brings glory to God when your mouth is silent, right? It's easy to say you're a Christian. It's easy to say God is good. It's easy, it's easy to say all the stuff that Christians say at church, but what is your life saying outside when your mouth isn't saying it? Amen. It's not just about what you say. It's about the things that you do. It's about the things that you don't do. It's the way that you conduct yourself. It's the way that you treat people. It's the way that you honor God with your actions that makes for a great testimony. Amen. It's important. And there's a lot of uh, places in scripture where testimony is, is spoken about. Um, you know, in, in preparation for this sermon, I wasn't even going to use Samson. I was going to use second Timothy two 15. I'll, I'll read it quickly. It says, this is Paul, the apostle Paul. He's telling his protege, Timothy, Timothy is, is pastoring a church at Ephesus. And, and so he's kind of, he's kind of the, uh, Paul is the spiritual mentor, spiritual father of Timothy. And this is what he writes to Timothy. He says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed don't be ashamed of the things that you do. Just know that you're doing it right by living according to the word. He says, rightly handling the word of truth. Amen. So that's a good one. I had, if you want to memorize that verse, man, memorize it. It's a great verse. I had also thought to use 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12. I love scriptures. You can tell. I, I read a lot of scripture. It says, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you, somebody say when they speak, it's not if, is when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation, right? So those are some really, really good passages, instructional passages on how we are to uh, hold, uh, maintain a really good testimony. But a lot of times, you know, it's easier to learn from other people's mistakes than it is to just take the word at face value. And so I was thinking a lot about this and I was like, man, Samson is the perfect example of someone with a flawed testimony. And he probably doesn't want to be remembered that way, but oh well, right? And of course, later on he repents and and, and he goes out like a champ and everything. But, But his flawed testimony for a while, it created a ripple effect of problems in his life. And everybody, every single one of us in the room, we have a testimony. Anybody have a testimony? You all have a testimony. We all have it. And what makes for a great testimony, obviously there's details in there that differ from person to person. But in general, a great testimony is when you have a person who was dead in the trespasses of their sins. They were lost. They were blind. They were headed for death and destruction. And then Jesus saved them. I think everybody in the room, hopefully we all have a testimony like that. That's why we're here, giving honor to God on a Sunday morning when you can be eating brunch somewhere else with your friends, right? You're here giving honor to God because of what he brought you out of. That's a testimony. Great testimonies interject God into them. Where you can say, I, I, I was a drug addict, but God, right? Right? My, my, my marriage was failing, but God. I was in prison, but God. I was living the most sinful life one could live, but God. I was about to die, but God. Man, I talk to some people and their testimonies are awesome, man. They're powerful. Powerful. But you know what? A testimony doesn't end there. Doesn't stop there. A lot, of, a lot of people think that, that, that your testimony ends when you get to Jesus. No, that's... That's when it's just beginning. That's when it matters. Because the word says at that moment, you become a new creation. The old has passed away. You have to make room for a new life to begin. It's that new life's testimony that you want to build and protect. That's important. This new testimony. What God did in your life before that was awesome. But you got to keep building it. You got to keep walking in it you gotta, you got to keep guarding it. And if we were to look at Scripture, if you were to look at Scripture, on all the scripture that tells us everything that a Christian should strive to be, how would your testimony measure up against that? It's only a question that you can answer. How's your testimony when it comes to forgiveness? How's your testimony when it comes to, to building up the body of Christ? How's your testimony when it comes to personal sanctification, when it comes to holiness? Your, your testimony doesn't really care about what you say or about what you know. It cares about how you live. Amen. Anybody could say words. That's what words do. They say things. You can say things. You could speak highly of yourself. But your actions matter so much more. And Samson, he was, he was a guy like that. Where, where Samson on paper, he looked like a devout, holy, committed to God Man on paper, he was a Nazarite and a Nazarite, those, 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 uh, those people were those who took vows. It's called the Nazarite vow. They took vows to God to, to, to abstain from certain things to be set apart for him. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know how we fast sometimes we, we fast from certain things for a certain period of time. And it, it's a time where we seek God where we're consecrated. We're set apart from the rest of the world. That's what a Nazarite was. And, and Nazarites, they were required to avoid three main things. Wine or strong drink. Dead bodies. So they were not allowed to go near a dead body. So if, you're, if your grandma, grandpa passed away, sorry, you can't go to the funeral because you, you have risk of be, becoming unclean. And, and they had to refrain from cutting their hair. Those three things. And God called Samson to be a Nazarite before he was even born. His mother dedicated him to God as a Nazarite. And, and and that was the source of his power. It wasn't the fact that he had long hair. It was it was because of what it represented, right? It re- represented an anointing over his life placed by God as long as, as Samson would remain obedient. So that tells us something. It tells us that you can be called by God and have a messy testimony. You can be called by God and not be living right. Don't let the very fact that you were called by God, that you have an anointing over your life or something specific, be your excuse for living with a bad testimony. Samson was called by God, but he was messing up his testimony. You can have a gift from God, but conduct your life irresponsibly. Maybe you curse a little bit when you're upset. Anybody? <laughs> you curse a little bit when you're upset. You got to you got to fix that, man. You got to stop. You got to stop doing that. If 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 the world questions your, question, uh, your your Christianity because of what they see, they might have you might have a, a testimony problem. This is why this is why Peter says, "Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you, because they're going to speak against you." They ain't going to have nothing to say. They're going to be searching for scraps, man. They're going to be digging up something from your past to try to make you fall. But it's irrelevant to your life now because you're not giving them anything to talk about. I I can't remember the name of the the preacher who said this, but I I would remember he would always say it. He would always say, if you want people to stop talking about you, stop giving them things to talk about. Now, there's another end to that. Some people will talk about you no matter what, right? but but don't give their words any weight if you were listening to them speak about you behind their back would what they would be saying would it be true or would it be false what are people saying about you because of what you're giving them to say oh don't 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 confide in so-and-so man she man she she can't be trusted you tell her something she will tell the world no, don't go to so-and-so with that because he will flip out. He's got an anger problem. What are people saying? What is your testimony testifying about you? You know what the Philistines were saying about Samson? They were saying this dude loves the ladies. Samson loves women. More so, he loves foreign women. If you look at his kind of rap sheet, he, he was married to a Philistine woman before. Timnath was her name. And then she, she died and then we have another record of Samson going, sleeping with the prostitute in Gaza. Uh, Gaza. And now he falls in love with another Philistine, Delilah. So, so Samson was just giving ammo to his enemies. He was just giving it away, right? This is what he was known for. I mean, even, even if, if you did like a, like, a, like a search on Samson, this is what his life would be summed up as. A Nazarite who had a weakness for foreign women. God lived 3,000 years ago, man. He's still known for that, for that weak testimony. It's true. And even though he was called by God, even though he was a Nazarite, even though he had superhuman strength, powered by the Holy Spirit, even though he was a judge in Israel, his testimony is what gets remembered. Your testimony is important. And some of us are not guarding it enough. We're careless with it. But the problem is, you call yourself a child of God. You call yourself a Christian. What are you representing to the world? Because a lot of times our mouth says one thing and our lifestyle says something else. Samson was known as a man who had a weakness for women. And so all the Philistines, they get together one day and they go up to Delilah and they're like, hey, you know what, Delilah? We know that this man has a weakness for women and you're pretty. Go seduce him. Seduce him so that you can get him to tell you the secret of his strength so that we can finally overtake him. That should be easy because he has a weakness for it. What would happen, church, if if you didn't guard your testimony? What would happen? What, What kind of doors would you open yourself up to? What kind of enemies would be creeping at the doorstep waiting to get in because of what you're giving them? What would, you, what would you think about me as a pastor if I if you heard that I was gossiping about you? That would, t- that would be a hit to my testimony. You probably wouldn't trust me. You might not even come next Sunday. Now, I, I, I feel like I need to clarify something that hopefully doesn't need to be clarified, but just in case, I'm not saying that it's okay to live a sinful life as long as no one's watching. That's not, that's not what we're saying, okay? What I'm saying is that the life you project to others, it can have a positive or a negative effect on the way that people see you. And that's, that's important because we are called by God to, 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 to glorify Jesus. We are called by God to testify about Jesus, to lead people to Jesus. But if the way that we're leading them is, is, is corrupted by our testimony, they're not going to want to follow us. And so, men, if, if you want to be the priest of your home, you got to model the priest of your home. If you're always snapping at your wife, if you're always snapping at your kids, you've got that anger problem, you can't control it. That, that is going to tell your kids something about you. Or it's going to say something about priests. And it's going to make them want to leave the church because they're like, oh, is this, is this what it means to be a priest of your home? Or maybe the first thing that you do when you're stressed out, man, is you run, man, you run to anything else but God. You go to, you, you start, you start drinking, you start binge eating, you start doing anything else besides taking it to God. Be aware that you are building a testimony, even if it's not a good one. Hard word this morning? or Are we, are we good? We await, we're just, we're just tired, right? And look, we, we all have struggles, church. We, every single one of us, right? We're, we're not fooling anybody. We all have struggles. But it's one thing to have a struggle, and it's another thing to have a bad testimony. Samson struggled with this weakness, but he wasn't even ashamed of it. That's the problem. And that's what led to a bad testimony. He owned his struggles. We're always talking about owning things. Own that shirt, own that song, sister. Own that outfit. Own own that bald head. I own it, man. I own it. Own it. We're always talking about owning it. Don't own your struggles. Don't own your struggles. Because the moment you start owning your struggles, you you become welcoming and accepting of your struggles. I ain't trying to hold on to my struggles. I'm trying to get rid of my struggles. Don't own them. Because you own them, you're going to keep them. Samson owned his struggles. And everybody knew it. Yeah, I'm a ladies, man. And what? Listen, you're going to have struggles. You're going to have struggles. But listen to something that's probably very counterintuitive in our culture. Not everybody needs to know what your struggles are. We live in a world that is like super transparency. Be super transparent. Don't, 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 don't hide anything from no one. Not everybody needs to know the things that you struggle with. You don't owe everybody and their mamas an explanation as to why you struggle with the things that you struggle with. You have to use some discernment sometimes because not everybody has your best interests in mind. Not everybody really cares what your struggles are. And so you're just you're just releasing information that could make you vulnerable to a a later attack. Some people don't know how to help you. Some people have big mouths and that man, they can't wait to get this news to somebody else that you struggle with this. They can't they can't wait to use it against you later. You got to be careful who you're transparent with. And see, Delilah, she's, she's on a mission, man. This, this woman's on a mission because she knows that she is Samson's weakness. And if she could just get him to open up a little bit with transparency, she will get him to fall. Let me in, Samson. Tell me, tell me the source of your strength. And at this point in the story, Samson's testimony, you know, was taking hit after hit after hit after hit. But but the Holy Spirit hadn't left them yet. The Holy Spirit's still with them. It takes a lot for the Holy Spirit to leave you. God's not just going to dump you off one day because you had a bad day. Praise God for that. Amen? Because how many of us have bad days? How many of us had a bad week? And he doesn't abandon you the moment you stumble. God doesn't take away your gifting. He doesn't take away your calling. Because you fall. God factored in your humanness when he called you. He knew that you were going to fall. That's why grace is there. And the Bible says in 1 John 2, it says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. It takes a lot for the Holy Spirit to just chunk deuce. And praise God for it. Because where would any of us be today if God just left the moment that we that we failed? But here's the thing there there is a moment, church, there is a moment where we can choose, we can we can choose to give up on the things that God has called us to. We can turn away. We, we can abandon God. And that's what Samson does. He compromises his anointing. His sanctification, when he chooses to let the enemy in. The Bible says Samson tells Delilah three lies. Okay, because she's 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 nagging. You know, you know, man, how? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I ain't got time for that. But she, Samson tells Delilah three lies because every single time she's like, "Tell me the source of your strength," and then and then Samson lies. He's like, Oh, it was this. And then the, all of a sudden the Philistines are upon you, Samson. I don't Dude was love blind. I don't understand how he didn't see something, right? A very toxic relationship, but sometimes you don't see the own evil that you're in. Right? So three times he's very reluctant. He doesn't, he he doesn't want to give it away that easily. But then finally we get down to, to verse 15. And it says this, it says, and she said to him, how can you say I love you? Hmm, that sounds familiar. (laughs) How? (laughs) You haven't fed me yet, babe. How can you say I love you? (laughs) She says, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times. And you've not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart. And he said to her, a razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. And if my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. This was it. This was that final moment. You know, if we, were, if, if we read Samson's story, we talked about those three requirements for the Nazarite vow. He violated every single one of those requirements. Every single one. He had not stayed true to the commitment to the, to the Nazarite vow. He made himself unclean by being in the presence of, of, of dead bodies, of, of humans and animals. He did not avoid strong drink. But this was the very last piece that he was holding on to. He had, he had yet to, uh, to cut his hair. And finally, he compromised it for a woman. And maybe he didn't do it purposely. You know, Samson, he, he didn't cut off his own hair, but he chooses to be transparent with the enemy. He was transparent with the enemy. He told the wrong person. Something that they didn't need to know. He wasn't protecting his testimony. And it didn't happen from one day to the next. That's not how turning away from God happens. That happens slowly. You give up a little piece of holiness here and there. You compromise your testimony here and there. It might start simple, man. It might start one day you just decide, I'm not going to go to church today. I ain't just feeling it. I'm not... I'm not feeling it. No big deal. We all get those days. But then you do it again. And then you do it another time. And each time it just gets easier. And, and because you're not with God, you don't really... You're not working on that relationship. You don't really miss God. And because by now you've missed church so many weeks in a row... You don't want to hang out with your Christian friends because your Christian friends just want to keep you accountable all the time, and ask you questions like "Where you been?" and you don't have time for those. You don't want to deal with that. So your 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 social group begins to change, and now you become what you hang around with, and now they become influential to your life, and now you're be- being. Uh, now you're talking the way they talk. Now, now you're acting the way they talk. Then you, you pick up these bad habits that maybe you left beforehand before you came to Christ and now they're becoming normal again. And then one day you realize that you don't have God in your life anymore because you didn't care to protect that precious and valuable testimony that was supposed to testify to God. You just let it go. It happens Slowly. It happens slowly. And that's why when I don't see somebody for two weeks, I have to text them just to check on them. Because I know that that is how it happens. It's slow. You don't even think it's happening when it's happening. And I look at Samson's life and, and all of the little compromises that he made. And now he's finally just turned away from God completely. Here is the last of what I have. Here is the last of the anointing that I have. I'm just laying it down. I'm giving it to you. I'm exposing myself to the enemy. His situation was even more extreme because... He was was anointed for a specific task. He was called for something specific and his gifting was his strength. But because of his carelessness, when it came to his testimony, God took away his strength. You can't expect to be operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit. Don't work like that. The Spirit is the source of all power. If we're not plugged in, we don't have access to that power. And verse 18 says, "When when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, said, come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. And she made him sleep on her knees. And she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him. And his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and he said, I will go out as other times and just shake myself free. No big deal. I've done it before. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Samson's strength, it was, it was never in his hair. Praise God for me, right? I can't help a good ball joke, man. Samson's strength was in his relationship with God. That's where it came from. Every time, every time he would exercise this superhuman strength, the Bible says that the spirit rushed upon him. The Holy Spirit empowered him. That's how it works. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We might not always have it, but because we have that proximity to God, because we have that relationship with God, Jesus, Jesus tells this to his disciples, he says, because his disciples were trying to cast out demons. Right. And, and the funny thing is, Jesus had sent them out to cast out demons. He had sent them out. He 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 prepared them. And then and then they come back and Jesus isn't around and they're trying to cast out a demon from this little boy. And they can't do it. And then Jesus comes back and he says, man, you faithless generation, when y'all going to grow up? When y'all gonna, When y'all going to learn? And he casts out the demon. And then later on they ask him, Lord, you gave us the authority. You gave us the calling to cast out the demon. You gave us the assignment to cast out the demon. Why couldn't we do it? And Jesus says, this kind can only be cast out through prayer and fasting. Meaning if you're not prayed up, if you're not connected to the power source, it doesn't matter what the assignment is. You're not going to be successful in completing it. Just because you're called to it doesn't mean you don't have to do some work. And a lot of us, we want the calling of God. We want the blessing of God, but we don't want to put in the work. And we don't want to guard our testimony. We don't, want, we, don't, we don't really care about the testimony. Only God can judge me. Your testimony is important. Your testimony is important. Because we're all called to testify about Jesus Christ. And if you can only do it with your lips, but not with your heart, not with your hands, not with your feet, you ain't doing it right. <clears throat> Samson was called to be set apart by God, but instead of being set apart, he chose to look like the world. You know, this is no different than the, the, the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel was called to be His people, set apart, but they would <laughs> they would time and time again rebel, and and the, the the power and the advocacy of God would leave them. I'm about I'm about to close. Can I get some help on the keys, brother Jason? Amen. when you don't guard your testimony it's like it's like leaving it's like leaving an open window in your house the other day the other day i had left the garage door open not the actual garage door but the door leading into the garage left it open and we're we're a little bit more paranoid these days because you know we got two of our girls sleeping upstairs now in their room, and their room is very far from us. We're all the way at the bottom of, of the house, and they're all the way at the other end of the house on the second floor. And and we have we have security, and we have all that. But I, I noticed that I, I left that door open, and um, I was like, "Oh man, don't let my wife find out!" Right? Close it real quick. But whenever you Leave something unattended. When you whenever you leave an open door, an open window, it's not that you're going out and telling everybody, Look, I have a window open. You're not inviting evil into your home. You're not saying, Hey, come on, everybody, I've got a I've got an open door. Mikasa Sukasa. You don't you don't say that. Most of the time you don't even realize that you've left it open. And over time things begin to creep in. You begin to notice there's some insects. You begin to notice that your house is not cooling very, very well. It's not It's not efficient. It's not working properly. What, what is going on? Eventually, it's because you allow all of these things that should not be in your home into your home because you didn't guard the post. Because you became careless. That is what it is like to, to not protect your testimony. You're letting evil in. You're compromising here and there because you're not you're not taking care of it. You're too transparent with with people who have no business knowing the things that you struggle with because they probably struggle with the same thing too and and they can't really help you. Guard your testimony. Guard your testimony. So what so what if I skip church every now and then? So what if I hang out with, with the wrong people who usually have a negative influence on my life? So what if I gossip a little bit? So what if I sin just a little bit? There was this there was this skit that that just stayed with me back when I was a kid. It was called Just a Little Bit, where the guy there, there, there's there's two characters and and one of the guys says, um, he tells his his mom, Hey, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to this party. There's just going to be a little bit of, of drugs. There's just going to be a little bit of drinking. It's just going to be a little bit of, of women. A little bit of things that, that I have no business playing with. Just, just a little bit. And then at the end kind of comes the punchline where this guy gives, this other guy gives that first guy a piece of cake. And he, he eats the cake. And then he throws up. He's like, what is in that? Oh, it was some chocolate, some, you know, sugar, eggs, all that stuff, and a little bit of poop. That's just a little bit. Just a little bit can turn into something, something great and unwanted and powerful when you just give an inch, when you don't guard your testimony. So what? What? What if I let a little bit of temptation in? Samson probably thought, so what? I'll just tell her the source of my power. So what? So what? She's just she's just a human being. So what? She's, she's a good girl. So what? I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but guard your testimony. And not just guard it, but work to build a godly one. How does the world see you? I want, you, I want you to leave here today answering that question. How does the world, how do you think the world sees you? I don't know about you, man. I want my, my non-believing friends and, and family members to know not to invite me to certain things. I want them to know that. I want, I want them to say, oh, we, we can't invite Ryan because he, he's a Christian. I don't even care if they say it that way. I want them to know and respect me enough not to invite me to certain things. Amen. Like I I want I want Christians. I want Christians to know not to bring me nonsense gossip because I don't do gossip. I want them to have enough respect to know that if you're gonna bring me something, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you and I'm gonna tell the person that you're talking about. Because that doesn't, I don't, that, that doesn't belong in my life. I want I want kid my, my kids to know that their dad doesn't just know the word, but he lives the word. That's what I want the world to see about me. I want my friends who I haven't talked to in many, many, many years to know that they can just pick up the phone and call me and know that I will pray with them because they see me as a man of God. That is what the testimony of my life needs to project. And all I can do is hope to God that that it is. Now listen, not everybody's going to see your work. And they don't need to. Not everybody, you don't need to go in the streets and and, and get on your knees and start praying you don't you don't need to you don't need to put on a show for people the bible talks about fruit you don't need to go out and say look at the tree let them see the fruit that's produced because of what you do in your alone time that is the testimony that you're either producing or not producing what does your testimony say about you If God were to write a biography about your life, what would he say? Think about that for just one one second. What would God say about your life? Would it be like what he said about Job? Job is an upright man. He's righteous. What would he say about you? And I'm not talking about his love for you and his plans for you. That that, that says everything about God, not not about you. What would he say about your character? What would he say about the, the way that you deal with certain things and certain people, the way that you treat certain people? What would he say about your testimony that you're keeping? I'm gonna invite us to stand this morning. My God, we just, we need to make room for you this morning, Lord. In in a second, we're we're gonna sing that song again. But I want you to close your eyes with me this morning and just reflect on this word. What's my testimony like? Maybe up until this point, you haven't been protecting it, you haven't been guarding it, but it can begin today. You can start to build it Today, you can start living your life for God in a godly manner holding yourself to a higher standard that can begin today church let, let your family see the God in you let, let your, fam, uh, your friends see Jesus in you let them see that, that you are salt and light of the earth let them see it how will they know How will they know? How will they know Jesus? Holy Spirit, I pray that you convict right now, Lord. I pray that you convict right now in this moment, Father God. Some of us, my God, may be holding on to things, Lord, that is tampering with our testimony, Father. We may be holding on to certain things, my God, that that is not good for us. It's not good for our relationship with you, Father. And I pray, Father God, just the the power to release it right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask that you come forward. If you need to release something. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on NUMA Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.